It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipittv. You're listening to BGN Radio. Wentz. And the shotgun. Wentz with a commanding presence is back. Here comes the rush. He steps up. He fires on the run. Complete to Ertz across midfield. Look at that kid. Ertz got out of came across the field, and there was great movement by Wentz, and he threw a dart. He threw a dart. It's BGN Radio, and I uh, literally just tried to do the what's going on, and uh, I'm a little under the weather, so it sounded like a cat being choked to death, and we're not going to start out like that. It is BGN Radio episode number 218. Uh, we uh, we took a little bit of a break, but uh, there was a, still a lot of content uh, this week, and we appreciate Trev and Matt going uh, not to the phones once again and, and filling that out, and we thank you guys, as always, for tuning in each and every week. I'm John Barchett, of course. Now with the uh, the free agent, Brandon Lee Gowton. What is up, dude? How are you, sir? As a famous, popular sports personality radio guy has said, I've never <laughs> had a bad day in my life, John. <laughs> he, he really hasn't. Uh, and we are, uh, we're happy that you're, I mean, we haven't done it this way in a long time. So neither are, we're just in the, you know, our own solo studios here, and uh, we're going to get into some Eagles business and things like that, too. Before we do, and I know uh, we have a lot of questions from you guys as well, just want to go out and say thank you once again for all of the support. And if you're listening out there on SoundCloud or iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Google Play, anything like that, or just have our RSS feed, anything that takes reviews, uh, the five stars and the high ratings go a very, very long way. And we actually were kind of spinning that into something. So this offseason, which... By the way, there's just a, a ton of stuff that we are conjuring up here and going with, and we have some, I would say, some pretty significant news that's going to happen in the next month or two as we keep building this thing up. But uh, as as far as uh, the off-season program is going to go, so just so everybody knows, we're going to go back down to one podcast per week, uh, unless 
like always, you know, something dramatic happens, which we're not expecting. And when we're not expecting it, something crazy happens. So we'll always be around for those important moments. Uh, and like I said, uh, Teron Davenport is going to be part of a huge part of the offseason. We believe that he's going to go head down to the combine and you'll have uh, lots of prospect interviews uh, this year. I know we did that a couple of years ago and got off track with that a little bit, but we're going to bring that back. Ben Natan, who's been writing his butt off, it seems like every day he's coming up with a new prospect article. So with the powers combined, I think both of them are going to put together uh, a hell of an offseason along with uh, some other fun stuff. And we are kind of working out a draft party here, BLG. It's 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 tough to know what to do. I mean, do, do the people want to just go to the draft because it's in Philly this year? Do they want to hang out? Should we combine the two? You know, I, I just feel like uh, we'll, we'll come up with something good here. I don't know. Where do you want to be? You want to be a radio row or you want to have throw a party? It's a good question. I think we should let the people decide, John, or at yes. least them have a voice. So if you're listening to this, let us know, Twitter, whatever, email us, something, reach out and let us know what you want to do for the draft party. Because right now, I guess, I, I don't have a great idea. I think, obviously, the fact that it's in Philly, I think maybe we need to take advantage of that. Yeah, definitely. But uh, we'll work something out, and it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, it will be. So we uh, all those things are, are in motion. And uh, let's, I mean, BLG, just because people are asking about it, and I have some some thoughts on this too. Uh, I don't know how you feeling today, buddy. It's kind of weird that birds twenty four seven. This great thing that you know Tim and Shield created. It's why we all kind of you know, wanted to do this stuff. At least for me, like they were my two biggest influences, uh, along with Bleeding Green Nation, to kind of just you know get into this thing. And and now Philly Mag has just kind of said, you know what, that we're going to go in a, in a kind of different direction here. How, how are you? Uh, how are you taking this, man? Uh, <laughs> it's different. Uh, no, I mean, uh, that's this industry, you know, we've seen time and time again, you see newspapers shut down all the time, online stuff as well. Uh, you know, it's, it's this kind of, uh, the industry we're in. I'd like to say I'm very thankful to Philly Mag and Birds 24 seven, you know, for taking the chance on me, obviously. And, you know, uh, I'm, I'm very thankful for that. You know, no ill will towards them. You know, I, I wish them the best in the future. They wish me the best, uh, very professional and everything. Um, it's it's tough, you know. Obviously, you know, no one wants to be out of a job, and especially so suddenly. But again, uh, you know, I can't complain in terms of, of treatment or anything. And uh, it was a good run, you know. Birds twenty four seven was a great site, and you know, it's it's disappointing not only for myself and Josh and you know our intern Chris who did a great job, but you know for the readers as well, and for the founders of the site, Tim and Sheil. Uh, who are great and, you know, are now doing great work with ESPN. But, you know, I'm just trying to stay positive. You know, I think the future still has good things in store. I'll still be doing BGN radio, of course. So that, you know, that's always great. And Yeah, uh, there's plenty of shifts for you here, pal. Absolutely. We, we pay in candy bars. I hope that's okay. <laughs> and uh, let me tell you, those candy bars are very good. <laughs> but, yeah, I, you know, I think I'll be okay. Yeah, I, and I just got to say, like, like, again, it's I, – there's a part of me – that is because when you when you have these conversations and especially with with friends and you have you're trying to figure out okay what's best for the career what's best for you know what's my, what's my next move and you know there was there was always a lot of long conversations especially with this one you know about like it's a, it was so obvious like of course let's go to birds 24 7 like that's where you need to be and it's just unfortunate that things kind of work out the way they did but um, I know as as well as you should, my friend. Like you'll land on your feet in in no time, and um, just crazy that it all kind of comes to an end at all all of a sudden. And 
you know, it's just <laughs> it's nuts, man. I can't I can't believe that they uh, they they went that direction. But uh, again, it's just, you know who who knows what their what their feelings are, and it, it's happening a lot around here. I, just one of those uh, great digital platforms that I didn't expect to uh, just upright and disappear. But uh, I, I'm sure you can ask a, a lot of questions to Brandon uh, on. On uh, on that stuff moving forward on the Twitter.com and things like that, but we do have to get into some Eagles news, and uh, I, I guess the biggest thing this week has just been the Greg Lewis firing and kind of almost the reaction to it. I called it; it was you know we were all dying for news, and Greg Lewis ended up being the Ritz cracker because we were so hungry for it. Like it was like, oh my god, for you know, twenty four hours straight, we had this debate on positional coaches and what they're what they were supposed to do and whose real fault is this anyway uh and it's kind of crazy because lining up with this as Adam Kaplan has been pretty much tuned into this thing from the beginning where you know he even suggested I believe on uh, on the on the fanatic that he went on there and he just said hey I would expect I wouldn't be surprised if there were three new wide receivers in here and this comes on the right after Greg Lewis gets fired. So I don't know how to feel about it one way or the other. And just like I was saying, like I, I, I think it's an impossible task to judge Greg Lewis and his job. Most of the beat writers that I saw uh, were all pretty much saying the same things, though. Like there's just there hasn't been any improvement with this squad, and therefore it had to be done after one year. So back-to-back years, they fire head coaches, and then they fire uh, wide receiver uh, position coaches here. So I don't know what to make of it, BLG. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I wouldn't say it's an unexpected firing. Obviously, given how bad the Eagles' receivers are now, of course, everyone will say in return, you know, how could he possibly do a good job given how terrible the Eagles' receivers are? That's obviously a fair point. I, you know, we can't blame this all on Greg Lewis. That was kind of my problem with people wanting Greg Lewis fired. Not that I really want to defend him, but I don't want it to be like this perception that like these are just some great talents, man, and they just get rid of Greg Lewis everything will be fixed, you know, because that's, that's clearly not what's going on here. Um, I think the thing with Greg Lewis, from my time being around the team, and I saw Jeff McLean wrote a story about him and how he was kind of, you know, there's some immaturity there. He doesn't obviously have a lot of NFL coaching experience. Uh, Lewis would apparently, like when Paul Turner made the roster or originally back in September uh, before he was cut, like I think – Jeff mentioned how Greg Lewis is kind of like dancing around the cameras behind the cameras and trying to make Paul Turner laugh during the interview. And just like some experiences where I would go into the Eagles PR office and wait for uh, the, the locker room to open after practice. And while we were waiting there, like Greg Lewis would come in yelling and screaming. I'm not saying that makes him like a bad guy or anything, you know, it kind of just makes you wonder, <laughs> you know, like, is this being taken super seriously? I always thought he, from, from what I saw in practice, uh, I always thought he was a very vocal guy on the field. You know, you always noticed him yelling at his guys every day. Not necessarily in a mean way, but he was always on them. So it's not like I'm saying he was totally lazy or anything. But but the fact that I'm already spending this much time on talking about Greg Lewis tells you just where we are in the offseason and that we don't have anything really of substance to talk about. <laughs> no, not at all. And that, from what I take from that, it's seems like he was still one of the players like he hadn't you know been through that even right. though he went through Pittsburgh and had that experience there and that's you know it's all fine if he's not teaching him anything either that's great it's just it's just really weird now that you're there you know and I, I I'm kind of leaning towards you know I'm I'm trusting Adam here a little bit I'm I, I really think that there's a possibility that now you know I, I already know DGB is not going to be here I think that we've made that perfectly clear I, I you know I don't really know if Nelson has a future here now 
I, I don't know if it, it's really going to be. I don't. I honestly, I think they're just going to be like, no. you know, what, we just have to start over. <laughs> you know, like what, whatever it is. I think it's just going to be J Matt's the 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 lone the lone wolf that's going to kind of be here. And do they even pay him? What's that, buddy? And do they even pay him because his contract? Is yeah, up. yeah. Or, I know well, he's, he's eligible to be extended. I I uh, I would say no. Yeah. At this point, you know, I know, I, but I, I have a, that's just me. I have a suspicion that they are going to pay him though. I mean, that is, Ugh. that is your, your first year franchise quarterback's best friend and most chemistry wide receiver guy. You know, yeah. I, I think they kind of make that connection, even though I, you know, might be a good idea to, to see what happens in the near future here with uh, what they do bring in. And it'll be amazing how much chemistry he can develop with somebody with a little more talent, a little more speed, all those things that we're kind of looking for there. Yeah, it's it's an, it's just an interesting scenario where, you know, we're, we're back to the, the same discussion that we've had since, I think, week four of this season, where you're just looking for wide receiver. Everybody's very hungry. Obviously, that... You know, you went through. I don't know, but BLG. Did you catch any of uh, any of the the championship games, the playoff games, the bowl games, the beans era? As as we're uh, dawning in here, of you, has anything kind of stuck out for you and been like, wow, just how 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 much uh, of a need that wide receiver is? Or are you just more like, yeah, you know, it's we we know what it is, but uh, you know, actually, we'll we'll get to some questions right here because this kind of ties into it. Is you know, uh, this is uh, from Britton Van Horn. Would you guys be wanting to trade up to the top 10 for a wide receiver like Williams or get anyone else? Or do you think the Eagles would just sit tight, trade back even as a possibility as well? I, I you know, I don't, I don't expect that at all. Uh, I, I think Williams and both Davis actually have a, have a great chance of, of leaving the board before the Eagles really have a shot at them. I think Davis can get there. It just depends on what Buffalo does and who knows what happens down there, but uh, I, I don't think the Eagles are trading up for anybody, and I don't think they have the kind of luxury to do that. I think they just got to kind of adjust on the fly here, BLG. I agree with you. I think the mentality, especially from the organization, and given the fact that you know they, they had the Carson Wentz trade and they gave up a lot of assets already, and obviously they've recouped some of that in the Sam Bradford trade, but still, you know, I think the, the philosophy is still to kind of if anything, kind of move back. If you're moving up, we're only talking about like a pick or two, depending if their guy falls a little farther than they expected. Something like the Fletcher Cox trade, like the Eagles made with the Seahawks to get him uh, back in 2012. I don't expect any kind of big move up. I think uh, trading, I know we make fun of this, especially John, you and Matt, but I think this <laughs> might actually be a year where you might want to trade back a little. I'm not saying like you're trading back super far and you keep trading back and you're doing that crazy thing where you're just like trying to, stockpile like 50 seconds and be like Sam Hinkie and the Sixers here. But I'm, I'm just saying that um, I think it, do, it could make sense to move back a little bit. Uh, I have been watching the, in honor of Spike Eskin, I've been watching the YouTube on ah. the YouTube scouting of Mike Williams and, and Corey Davis and these guys. And it is certainly a hashtag beans moment many times watching those guys on film because it's just like, why can't the Eagles have a guy like this? And then it's like, wait, well, maybe they can if they draft him. Uh, I know our good friend, Brendan Ekstrom of Circus Survive, tweeted something yes. recently that he, he tweeted, if Corey Davis is there when the Eagles draft and they take anyone else, I'll post a video of me throwing my TV and Eagles gear <laughs> in the creek behind his house. So I think a lot of Eagles fans might feel the same way if they don't really prioritize this receiver position in the offseason. And I think they will. But we'll Yeah, see. yeah, I, I do too. I don't know if it's a... 
Yeah, I, and again, I'm fine. like BLG said. I think trading back works in in certain scenarios. If if Tennessee wants to come up from you know whatever it is, eighteen, and go back down and make one of those moves, and you know that you're still going to get your guy there, yeah, obviously that's that's totally fine. I don't see them moving down to like twenty. I don't see them moving down to like twenty five or whatever, unless again it's it's completely like you know, getting blown away there. All their targets are really gone there. Fifteen is still in the hunt you know we remember those times where they are 20 or 22 or 23 24 25 those are all the blue ranges like that's just like you might as well be in the second round almost as far as value and things that are going on through there that makes more sense to trade up or trade down there right where they're at i think they just have to pick again and i and i think that you know if it's not Corey davis then you gotta you gotta move on. You know, there's still a, a Quincy Wilson. There's still <laughs> corners to be had. Sidney Jones. There's still, you know, there's a, t- a ton of things around there. If they want to go edge rusher there, that's yeah. you know, it's another one Definitely. of those things that we're not talking about. That yeah, I'm fine with that. Like you can't be picky anymore. If if those guys aren't there, I I, I actually think there are many players that I would be okay with over Corey Davis. I think it's getting again. I love I love him. But let's slow down on he's the next T.O. Let's slow down on a lot of that stuff because I, I, I don't see him. I honestly don't see Corey Davis contributing year one. And I know it's really easy to say because, hey, duh, all rookie wide receivers don't really contribute that much in their first year historically. But, uh, you know, I, again, I think that really determines on what they're going to bring in a free agency, where they're going to go from there. Um, but, yeah, I, I it's in. It's going to be an interesting draft, and and that's where here Stephen Walker is even asking Cam Robinson in the in in round one. I don't think he's going to be there. Absolutely, like of course. I'm, you want to go O line? That's great. What is you know like? Is, is there any if they do go offensive line or defensive line in the first round there? BLJ, let's make a scenario where Benny Logan is not here. Then really, where is the priority? Is it still the same running back? Is it still you know running back, wide receiver, cornerback, in whatever order you see fit? Is it still that even if you lose Benny Logan? Well, I think getting back to the Andy Reid era, which is you know what the Eagles have obviously tried to do by hiring Doug and you know how he's back and all these assistant coaches and blah blah blah. With all of that, you know, a lot of the the focus with Andy Reid was the trenches. You know, he, he drafted offensive linemen, he drafted defensive linemen. That's his bread and butter, and that's what they believe in, and I think that's what this current organization stresses. So it wouldn't surprise me at all, you know, to see any kind of lineman taken early on. Uh, you know, pass rusher is still a big need, which is kind of unfortunate considering you paid Vinny Curry a ton of money. And, you know, you still have Brandon Graham, who's very good, and, and uh, a pro first team pro ball alternate and a very good player for the Eagles. But yeah, you know, it's a, you can never really have too much pass rushers. So there's still a lot of need for talent on this team. Uh, defensive tackle specifically becomes a huge need if Benny isn't here. And I don't think, you know, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to Bo Allen. I think he's a fine player. I just honestly don't see him as a starter. And if you're getting rid of Benny, you don't have a natural replacement behind him. And that's part of the push or my argument, at least, to, and your argument, I'm sure, John, to keep Benny oh, yeah. is that, is that you, it suddenly becomes this huge need. I'm not saying you have to draft a guy in the first round if you don't keep Benny Logan, but you have to do something. You can't just be like, oh, well, we're just going to row with Bo, and maybe we'll draft like a, a defensive tackle in like the fifth round or something. Like That just doesn't cut it for me. Yeah, and I, I get into this argument a lot. I think it's it's been – you and I have kind of had the same – the same side of this for a long time now. I'm fine if if you want to tell me that Benny Logan is replaceable. Uh, you know, I would. Th- there are arguments to say, yeah, you're you're probably right. Uh, 
but who? And that's and that's what we keep getting stuck on. It's just so easy to say, well, you can just replace Benny Logan. Yeah, you, you can. But if you're telling me, just like Brandon is saying, that Bo Allen is that guy, or there's some random third, fourth round defensive tackle that you can suddenly pick up, or if that's, you know, Destiny Via, uh, Viao or, or any of those guys that are hanging around there, we got a serious question, <laughs> a serious problem if that's your answer. You know what I'm just saying? Like, it, are, are you really stressing out over a guy whose range is going to be in the six to eight million dollar range by by the time that that contract runs out, along with the defensive lineman, that's the, it's going to line up the same time you have to pay your quarterback. Like, what are we getting into? That's what I'm saying. Oh, you got to keep them. Where are you putting the cap money? That uh, that that's that's the next step to all of those questions. Okay, Benny Logan's not here. What are you doing with that five point seven five to seven million dollar? then you know <laughs> is it going towards a free agent wide receiver is it going towards an, uh, another defensive tackle that costs a little less like it's it's the the amount of money versus what you're losing is so razor thin that it doesn't make any sense to me like it's just it, it <laughs> and we've we've seen we know we obviously have seen that again for the 900th time Benny Logan and Fletcher Cox need to be together they, they, it, it doesn't work without him. Fletcher is not that guy, at least in year one of this 4-3 Jim Schwartz defense, which really weird that a bunch of defensive head coaches got hired, including Sean McDermott. And uh, who is the other guy in Denver? Vance, uh, Vance Jones? Joseph. Uh, Vance Joseph. So uh, no knock for Jim Schwartz, who seems to be, you know, uh, I don't know, not not on that level. Either way, but still, I mean, like, if, if you're going to make this thing work, they have to do it together. I think it's kind of a it's, – it's more of a waste of money to pay the guys that you've already paid on that uh, defensive line and just be like, yeah, we're going to take one of the main things that makes it all go. And if you want – we can have a debate if he's a good or great run stuffer. I think he's a great run stuffer. I think he's – I think he does more in the middle than, than a lot of people give him credit for. And despite people looking for – he's not that great of a pass rusher. He still has two and a half sacks, which unfortunately is – tied for second <laughs> amongst Marcus Smith and amongst uh, our, our favorite friend Vinnie Curry. Million dollar Vinnie Curry. Yeah, so so you really got to be you really got to sell me on a replacement there that's that's going to fit in there perfectly like nothing has ever happened and you know we can get into all the smaller debates on that stuff too but uh, you know I I really just don't see uh creating another need going into this offseason when we're already dying for other things uh we'll get into some other questions here too and then i do want to touch on some of the coaching hirings and we'll get uh some some playoff thoughts in here as well of course Stephen lee checking in uh all right blg it's Corey davis uh quincy wilson and dalvin cook are all available at 15 which one are you taking i have to narrow it down to davis or cook and at that point I know a lot of people hate wow, the idea no, of... no corner. You're just no. eliminating right off the bat, huh? Well, they have Leonis McKelvin. Why do they need a corner? Come on now. <laughs> Pardon okay. me. But, Pardon me. But, but seriously, no, I, I just don't love the idea of corner in the first round. I mean, if they do it, whatever. I just think, and we, we said this going back to one of our BGN Bud Lights in Maniunk, uh, uh, where were we there? Why can't oh, what I, was I'm that? Like, that was, uh, uh, oh, the, the, the Paper Street Pub. Yeah, how could I forget the great Paper Street Pub? And I was talking to you and James about like the theme of this offseason needs to be getting weapons and need to be helping Carson Wentz. 
And again, I get the argument that getting a better defense kind of helps Carson Wentz, but I'm talking about like directly helping Carson Wentz, like give him a skill player to work with. I mean, if there's a stud corner and he's awesome, don't pass up on him. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like it's really tempting for me there to get the the weapons that help him. And if it's down to a wide receiver and a running back and they're even, then I'm not saying Cook and uh, Davis are. I'm just I really like the appeal of the running backs. I've talked about too many times by now about how important I think the running game is and how important I think, you know, that really helps Carson Wentz's development. And the fact that we talk about how the Eagles have so many needs, and I feel like if you improve the running game and you take it to the level that Dallas has, it makes up for everything. It makes the receivers better. It makes the defense where they don't have to play as much. It helps the quarterback. Dak is having a great season. Why? Because he like passes less than anyone in the league. I mean, obviously, he's, he, when he is passing, he's he's throwing good passes. It's not just that, but like it's a big help. And I feel like if you want to help out Carson, and if this league is all about quarterbacks, yes, but the running game makes life easier on the quarterback. So to me, I'm really tempted to take Cook there. I don't think you can go wrong though between him or Davis. Yeah, and and I know that even with even with Atlanta. I don't think that uh, you know Freeman gets enough credit for the yes. and their running game package. He, he led oh. the the league in rushing last year, right? <laughs> yes, it's it, it's it's absolutely insane what those guys do and you know if if you have both of them obviously when you have Julio Jones and even their even their county even Sanu and all those guys have kind of come along here when you have that and you have to respect that run it it really forces you to guess either way which one you're going to stop them and I, and I agree BLG I think that uh, you know, I, I, I think you got to go Cook as well if it's between those two. Uh, I, I, however, probably would go Quincy Wilson there. Uh, I think that there is the, – the <laughs> they need they need the best of the best, you know. And I think I think Dalvin Cook is probably first or second best. And, and let me just say for a second that this is the time, and I'm noticing it even right now, and it's getting ridiculous. Like the fact that Leonard Fournette is now – Sucks Bad. <laughs> for, for something for some odd reason like it's just oh yeah he's not good anymore and Dalvin Cook is is the best running back in the class and that might be true I think that is true a lot of people have Dalvin Cook one and, and Leonard Fournette two I think there's also a small recency bias that's in there when you're seeing him in the playoffs and you're seeing or a bowl game rather and you're you know you're, you're there it's all in front of you and and I get that I I do think that you know Cook is is a lot more dynamic and can do a lot of things, but man, oh man, I mean, there are, there are takes out there where it's like Leonard Fournette doesn't know how to go lateral. He does no lateral speed. He can't do this. He can't do that. You know, you're just like, oh my God, what have what you guys been watching for the last two years? Like his, his lateral jump cuts are insane. The, his vision is, is amazing. He's, and he bowls over dudes while he's doing it. Like he's, he, it's crazy. Uh, that being said, I'm more on BLG's wavelength of, I, I think if it's, it's a uh, yeah. I, I I've gone back and forth like a million times now. Like I, I do think you can get Corey Davis now, and there are a lot of listen. There are a lot of great running backs in this class. Not just the and there there's still more I'm diving into. Is people will be like, oh, you got to go watch this guy's tape. You got to watch this guy's tape. Like you know, in the third and fourth round, and 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 there are a lot of different great running backs here. So I I think there is not the same talent, but I think there is relevant talent later on there. Uh, with that list, though, I, I I think Quincy Wilson, Oregon, Sidney Jones, I think they're both outstanding corners, outstanding, and that's that's where you need to focus on there too. If you, I, I I'd be fine if you're going to end up taking two corners if Benny's here and 
you know, you have to fill out the rest. I, I think they need to go heavily offense after that, but, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's really gets into what do you need now? What's going to impact the most? I think a, 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 a shutdown type of corner impacts almost right away. Any of these guys will do that. I just, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm done convincing myself otherwise now, cause <laughs> I don't know. It's tough. It, the, the problem when we get into these conversations is the answer should just be yes. Because you're you're not going to argue with any of these, right. you know. I and it's and it's that's that's the unfortunate and great part about this is there are a lot of different things that the Eagles can do that I'd be okay with. I'm going to stick with Quincy Wilson on that list now. Uh, BLG, have you gotten a chance to see who's who's gone going down to the Senior Bowl? Because that relates to this next question. I. What do you mean in terms of players or coaches just in, in, in yeah in invitees and stuff like that? Have you seen the seen a pretty decent list here? I have not yet. Okay. Well, it, regardless of that, Stephen Lee also follows up and who are you most interested in seeing at the Senior Bowl? And we'll get into a lot of that talk. The good next players. Week. The good players, I, yes. I want to see those guys. <laughs> There's, I want to see uh, the bad guys. Yeah, the, the bad guys can stay home. Uh, I, I, I tell you what, I'm I'm more focusing on – it's been the, that kind of week where I'm uh, looking at uh, pass rushers now because I'm kind of getting excited by that. And, that, again, like there's a lot of good ones in here as well. Dwayne Smoot from Illinois is a goddamn beast. I can't believe that he's got like a third-round grade on him. I've watched about seven or eight games of his now. He's going to be down there. Uh, that's one guy that, you know, 6'3", what is he, 6'3", 255 uh, by this uh, website here. And then uh, the the other guy I'm looking at, and it's and shout-out to Jer, our good friend Jerry Diazman, who has been touting this guy for a long time. He's actually right in our own backyard at Villanova. There is a... A, uh, a defensive end who is six seven and two hundred and ninety pounds and apparently moves like a gazelle. I'm going to completely botch the pronunciation of this guy's name, but it's Tanoha uh, Kapasangnagan. Yeah, <laughs> or sounds right. Something like that. T a o n h is his first name, and then K p a s s a g n o n. Uh, he is from Villanova, and he is an interesting prospect. He's a guy that's one of, you know a, a day three guy for sure I think but uh, could uh, could uh, you know turn turn some heads uh, going on there BLJ I think you know there's a lot of there's a lot of underrating of the Eagles need for the the defensive end position I think you know you look at this group and we talk about it all the time Vinny Curry is getting paid like almost fifty million and he had two and a half sacks and he only played forty two point five percent of the snaps last year which is it's very sad exclamation point. <laughs> um, I think the Eagles really need to – they need to do something there. I mean, obviously Marcus Smith is going to be back and I guess. I don't know. Uh, he, he showed – the thing with Marcus Smith is, like, I look at him and his 2.5 sacks, and I feel like in the limited amount of snaps he played, it's like if you have him play instead of Connor Barwin, I'm not saying he's going to be a beast, but I'm, I'm pretty sure at this point he's better than Connor Barwin, and that really says – a lot about where Barwin is at this point. And, you know, it's kind of, I think we saw it on, uh, Barwin came on Sports Radio 94 WIP earlier this week, and I think he kind of said that, you know, he's willing to take a pay cut to stay. And I think the Eagles can't do that. Like, like no, like, that's not good. Like, I know Connor Barwin is a great guy. Uh, we appreciate him coming on this podcast like he has in the past. And, you know, he does a lot of great work, and I'm not trying to disparage him or anything like that. But just strictly from a performance standpoint, I mean, like, 
trotting Bowerman out there at a lower money doesn't help the team. Like he can't be out there. Like he's he's hurting the team because he's he's going up against these left tackles every week and he's not really doing much. So to to have him out there and to have Vinny Curry not be able to even get playing time over him, I mean, defensive end's a big need, especially in this scheme. You know, we talked about it all last year, bringing this 4-3 in, bringing Jim Schwartz in, bringing the wide nine in. You need to get pressure with the front four, and if they're not doing that adequately, it doesn't matter if Barwin's coming back on a pay cut or what. Like, you need someone in there who can produce. Yeah, no, without a doubt. Like, it is, just like you're saying, the pay cut is more or less in favor to him than it would be the team. That's yeah. what you can start getting in there. And, like, you know, I I, uh, I still think that there might be a small chance that he's here, depending on what kind of happens in Ooh. the draft. I think he's a I think he's a post-draft move. I really do. I don't think they're going to move him uh, off the bat, which definitely means he's going to get cut the first day that they can. <laughs> so so uh, there's there's that as, as well, too. Yeah, it'll be uh, – you're right, though. I mean, like, uh, pass pressure to me is, is especially – we talked about it last year. And that's why I'm kind of getting pissed at the Benny Logan stuff. Because if you wanted to replace Benny Logan, if that was your plan, and I know it's two different regimes, but if that was your plan, then why didn't you go draft one last year? You know, it's it, it boggles my mind of just like, if you wanted to do that, there was a there was a shitload of defensive tackles that were in that class. And, you know, Sheldon Rankins, who uh, I was dying over, who who is looks like a damn beast in New Orleans now, is, was one of those guys. And, you know wherever it is on down the line it's the same thing with pass rushers now there's a there's a dearth of them I I would put them as maybe second overall in terms of or or no third I guess because there's still a ton of running backs in here but third as far as uh, talent and 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 how much of them there are here so just like Brandon's saying yes I I I, you can't be you know if they want to go corner pass rusher and then deal with the offense after that there, there isn't an argument, that, a hard argument against that, unless like obviously those players suck, and it's two years later and be like, I, I can't believe they took fucking Dwayne Smoot and let go of Corey Davis or whatever, and like uh, there's the there's a huge you know gap in talent in there, and and look what they did with this football team, but you can't be picky this year, you really just can't. Uh, and I want to get some final questions in here before uh, we head and, and make some playoffs and talk about some of the coaching hires from uh, Jamie uh, Sir. Uh, how much of the uh, receiver's lack of success can be attributed to Greg Lewis, do you think, uh, there, BLG? I know we touched on, on that earlier, and it's really hard to judge, but uh, is the no improvement at all with this wide receiving core enough to kind of say, yeah, this is just as an organ? Yeah, I mean, I just, again, I, I think the talent is so bad that no one's going to succeed, but I don't think it's it was apparent that Greg Lewis was part of the solution either. So they want to get restarted with this, uh, Sanjay Law guy, apparently the the Bills wide receiver coach, and he comes oh, with yes, high reviews to from, mention him. from Sammy Watkins. Uh, that's the one guy I don't want to leave. Uh, if he leaves, I don't know how my mindset would be. Honestly, that's a guy that kind of groomed me into running routes and doing everything the right way. And Sammy Watkins went on to give this guy really high reviews. So maybe that's the guy they'll hire. It also doesn't hurt that that guy is represented by the same agent as Howie Rosen. Hmm. Hey, interesting. I wonder if the, yeah, I, I expect something like that to get done there. And uh, speaking of Buffalo, our old friend Sean McDermott uh, finally got finally got that head coaching job after freaking you know, pining, pining for it for the last two or three years and going on the radio last year doing a playoff run to be like, hey, take a look at me, Eagles, let's rekindle the magic and uh, all that other crap. 
I, 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 I mean, like my timeline. I don't know how it was was with yours. Was filled with like, oh, thank God, he finally got a job. I'm so happy for him, and he's that's a great hire. I wanted this guy a couple years ago. Wanted the Eagles to take a look at him last year. Da 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 da. Is it, am I the only one that thinks like Sean McDermott's going to be a terrible head coach in Buffalo? Like I think this hire is is completely pedestrian, and I, I don't see. <laughs> I don't see it. Like, what is what is he being in charge of? You know, like that's where I'm kind of like blown away. His name's come up for three years now, and 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 they he still wasn't good enough then for somebody to go. Yeah, let's let's do that instead. I don't know. I think I think Sean McDermott to Buffalo is meh. It's whatever. It's it's the same thing. It's seven and nine Buffalo. It's really weird because you know you look at how this Sean McDermott love that's kind of come out of nowhere the past couple of years, at least to me, it's just like, wh where's this coming from? Like everyone talks about this. Oh, he's just done a great job with this Panthers defense. And yeah, Carolina did have a good defense over the past couple of years, but guess who the head coach is defensive minded Ron Rivera. So like, so like what's Ron Rivera doing if the defense is great and he doesn't get any credit for it. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure Sean McDermott has a part in it. Obviously he's the defensive coordinator. We saw him pounding his fist after being, Unable to stop a broken down and forty-year-old Peyton Manning in the Super Bowl last year, great, great thing to have in your resume. Um, now I don't know. I, I think McDermott's probably fine. Uh, I guess I don't know. I think maybe maybe he's grown. I think you know there's that's possible. You know he's grown from his time uh, since being in Philly. I think he made some big mistakes with the Eagles. You know I think we some people will look back at that and they're like, oh, it's a mistake to let him go. But I think you know a lot of people at the time as I recall, like, wanted him gone. And not only that, like, the players didn't even want him to stay. I mean, they openly questioned that guy, and that's that's a very big concern. You had, like, and it wasn't just, like, you know, Joe Schmo. It was Trent Cole, and it was Quentin Michael, like, yeah. saying, like, you know, this guy kind of doesn't know what he's doing. And not so many, not, obviously, they didn't phrase it like that, but they, they openly questioned him at the end of the season. And at that point, you were like, oh, man, how do you even keep this guy? So, I don't know. The McDermott thing is weird. I think it's weird for Buffalo, too, because... You just went from Rex Ryan, who was a defensive-minded coach, to McDermott. I guess the thinking there is they, you know, he's going to be more disciplined. But I don't know. I'll I'll see it when I believe it, or I'll believe yeah. it rather when I'll see it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And again, there that's a, you know, he's run a four-three his entire life. So their their scheme's going to change. There, <laughs> there's a lot of overhaul there. And again, I don't know. It's it's uh it, it's a weird thing. And the and the difference between. It's funny because I don't know. Obviously, I don't know a ton about Vance Joseph because I, <laughs> I, I didn't even call him by his pr proper name when I was when we were talking about it. But just all the different things you've read about him, as far as like going down to Miami and being able to like, w what's crazy about that is you know you hear stories of him going down there and when we were promised Jim Schwartz was going to do the same thing. As far as like, yeah, uh, you know, I adapt to whatever my players do. My I don't try and fit my scheme into my players or whatever. And Vance Joseph actually did that. You know, like he's run four three three four. He's done all of that stuff. So uh, he did that in Miami and made him a top five defense. So it's kind of crazy that, like, oh yeah, that's that's the exception there. And whatever, it could all be bullshit too. Where oh, this guy is really nailed like the personnel test and you know whatever it was. But there is there is actual like tangible things that you can put behind what Vance has, has been in charge of here. And I, it's also interesting to me that just as a whole, not just in Buffalo, but. I mean, I guess it fits what they're doing. Denver has – it is a defensive-minded football team at this point. You know, you have to just call what it is. They'll, they'll, they're okay with throwing whoever in there at quarterback and rolling with it. I think Literally that's a, whoever. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's uh, 
that's a good hire for them. I play to your strength, and Vance Joseph seems like to, you know the, that that type of guy to kind of lead them there. Yeah, uh, I, I think the Joseph hire is interesting because it was almost former Eagles defensive coordinator Vance Joseph. I remember <laughs> the uh, the talk of him, you know, being paired with Gase last offseason, and people were kind of intrigued by that Gase Joseph package there. Um, which I don't know. It's weird how that's that's turned out. I think you know Gase had a good first year, obviously, and I, I think Joseph was part of that because of the defense. I think uh, the landscape around the NFL and the hirings that are going on now, kind of interesting here. You know, like we saw McDermott to Buffalo, we've seen uh, Joseph to Denver happen pretty quickly. You're seeing Dave Tube, the special teams coordinator for Kansas City, kind of getting some consideration, and now the LA Chargers. Um, <laughs> Jesus. That logo is horrendous, by yeah, the way. The <laughs> it's the Tampa Bay LA Chargers, I believe. Yeah, the um, Tampa Bay Dodger Chargers. Yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to see how this is shaking out. It doesn't seem like a very strong head coaching crop on the surface, at least. Maybe that'll turn out to be better. We, we always, you don't know for sure. But uh, And there's still some openings. You know, I think uh, the Chargers are still open. The Rams still open. Uh, who else is still open here? There's one more opening. Um. Oh yeah, no. Jacksonville take care of theirs. It's Doug, 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 Doug Marone. Marone. <laughs> I love. Gotta love what Doug is building down there in Jacksonville. Yes. Um, uh, big, uh, James Seltzer, number one fan uh, of Doug Marone and, and what they're going to do down there. It's, yeah. And again, that's c- crazy that like Tom Coughlin is 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 running the show and they're going to try and get to get the band back together and do all that all that stuff. I don't. Know, other than other than Denver, and really, I'm just looking at Denver because of talent and the the potential of Vance Joseph. Like that's the only one. I'm like, okay, great. You know, I think that'll really work out for him. And everywhere else is a, is a big oh god. I've 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 no idea what's going to happen. It just doesn't. I, I and it and it is with everything. It kind of gives you a little more ease to yeah. I guess even even with Adam Gase and even with that going on. I, I mean, it, it, sure that the the year one is is good for them and. Um, you know, they've, they've had a lot of, I mean, I mean, Jesus, there's no been no difference between Matt Moore and, and Ryan Tannehill. And I think that speaks to more of their talent levels than it does the coaching. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not having, there's a lot of, when these guys get hired too, we always have the conversations of getting compared to Doug Peterson. And, you know, I, I laughed at the Sean McDermott thing and I thought that was funny. And there were some other people who's just like, well, you know, I mean, it's more tangible than, than Doug Peterson before he got hired. And it's just like, well, sure. But we don't, we're, we still don't know if he's good or bad yet. You know, like I, I think there's a lot of positive steps that Doug Peterson has done this year, and uh, and yeah, it's, that's why it's hard to kind of judge head coaches coming in. You know, it's we all just kind of rely on if you're a coordinator, then uh, you should be good at doing something. And you know, just in the in the cases of uh, you know John Harbaugh, and I think that's a very just an outlier, not not the actual thing there, but even with the uh, tube and. And some of these other guys that are going to come along, it's it's always fun to kind of bet on horses that are going to fail because most of them will fail. That's the other thing we forget too is just like there aren't like uh, the thirty successful head coaches right off the bat either. I mean, a lot of these guys go through uh, a lot of different crap. But in the meantime, it's going to be really fun. Like I can't wait to see what what the Chargers, the Los Angeles Chargers, and the Rams who, <laughs> who are bo- both both moved and both need head coaches. You know, like that's going to be entertaining, and who they're going to put in San Francisco is, I, I mean, like Lewis Riddick, BLG as a wow. general manager, is that what they're doing now? Like, the, yeah, God Almighty, uh, I, I don't know what's going to happen there, uh, but it is, uh, it, it, it'll be a fun kind of rest of the way down towards the head coaching searches. I tell you what, before we uh, wrap things up, 
Let's pick some playoff games and get into the NFL picks. Hit me! It's time to ring the bell and place some bets. Hey, I don't want your money punching my money. Here come our NFL picks. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Okay, BLG, we're going to start with the biggest line of the week. And this started at minus 16. Isn't moved really anywhere. I mean, it's gone down in one place and up in another. So we'll just say minus 16 as Houston makes its way over to New England. And boy, oh boy, is that is that a line. I don't think I remember ever seeing a playoff line like that in a, in a very long time. And you know what's crazy? I don't think it's high enough. I think New England is absolutely going to destroy this football team, and Houston's going to have a serious conversation about their quarterback position again for like the fifth year in a row that's going on there. I'm taking New England and the points, and I would take it if it was minus 20. Yeah, how could anyone take the Texans here, unless you're a Houston fan? Even then, I don't even think they are. Come on, it's Tom Brady, it's Bill Belichick versus Brock... Osweiler. Okay. Yeah, he does look beautiful. Be. Does look beautiful handing off the ball, I might have. Yeah. And he is Katie tall, Nolan so that's, pointed that's, out. that's always yeah. a good thing. But yes. yeah, no. He's this is I can't I can't believe this is an actual playoff game. It's like really? This is the best we could do? Yes, exactly. Hopefully the more entertaining one happens earlier that day. It is gonna be on Fox. It is in the dome in Atlanta as uh, it opened up at minus four. It's since jumped to minus five, four and a half in some spots. We'll use the minus five as Atlanta takes on the Seattle Seahawks at 435 on a Saturday. Who do you have in this one, BLG? I have to go with the Falcons. I mean, that offense is for real. They scored 35 points a game. The Seattle's defense hasn't been as good without Earl Thomas. I don't trust them on the road. I kind of just don't trust this Seahawks team overall. They're kind of like a weird team. They only beat, I know they only didn't have a lot to play for, but they only beat the 49ers by like two points in the final week. They lost to the Cardinals at home. They've had some weird games this season. I kind of don't trust the Seahawks team. I think Atlanta's offense is really good. They've had the extra rest. I think they can win. Listen, Seattle's been here before, and you can tell that they're they're <laughs> they kind of came to play. They're they're ready to rock and roll here, and I still don't think that they're going to be able to beat Atlanta for that same reason. Yeah, I, I I wanted to ring the bell here, but there's just there's no way I can do that. I just think that there is a different squad when both of these teams are playing at away from uh, their building and when they're playing in it. And Atlanta definitely has that advantage. And uh, it's just not the same. It's I, I'm going to say this, and then Seattle's going to crush them or something like that. But I, I am comfortable with Atlanta and the points. As we make our way to Kansas City, where this thing opened as a pick em. Uh, It's 105 on Sunday as the Andy Reid and his Chiefy Chiefs are, uh, are going to try and destroy Ben Roethlisberger's dreams. Uh, with the, another aircast type of performance, I'm guessing, when he comes out for this one. Um, you know, it, Kansas City got its butt kicked. I can't remember if that was a Sunday night or Monday night game when when we had the conversation, BLG, and everybody was saying, well, Pittsburgh's not a good team, and maybe <laughs> that Eagles win wasn't good. They absolutely boat raced this team and showed everybody, and now they're you know one game away from, again, the, uh, the AFC championship game here. Uh, it is now at... Let's call it minus one and a half since it's kind of all over the place in favor of Kansas City. Still a Pittsburgh line for me. I expect the Steelers to come out firing. I don't think they're going to kill them, but it's going to be about 32 degrees and Le'Veon Bell, and I think that's going to be enough for them as they're going to win by like four or five points here, BLG. I have to not ring the bell. I have to wow, agree. what is wrong with us? 
I know this is a very boring pick segment, but but I don't know. There's I just like that Pittsburgh team a lot. I like those offensive weapons. Bell is amazing. Just to watch him is really fun to watch. MVP. MVP. He is very good. Um, yeah, I, I just it's weird though. I have a weird feeling about this game. Not even so much this game, just like the feel of the AFC playoff picture where like I feel like the Chiefs can win this game. I definitely don't think it's impossible. Like the Texans winning in New England is impossible. I think, you know, the Chiefs can win this game. Obviously they're at home. Uh, they've had the bye. Andy Reid's, you know, we can't discount how good Andy Reid teams are after the bye. Um, but it's just weird. I feel like if they win, I feel like they have no shot to go into New England and beat the Patriots. However, if the Steelers win, which I think isn't a guarantee, but I'm leaning that way, I feel like, you know, they can easily, I'm not going to say they're easily beating the Patriots, like blowing them out, but I feel like they can definitely have a chance to go in New England and win. So I have to take the Steelers here. I don't want to bet against Big Ben in the playoffs. Uh, sorry, Andy, but I'm taking the Steelers. Yeah, uh, sorry, Andy, but this is going to be the thing that we're always used to with you. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, it's just like, even if it is here, I mean, he's not going to be Belichick. That's just been proven time and time again. I, maybe, it, maybe it is one of those one out of 20 times that they face each other. That's where they go and win, but he's got to get there first. I just don't see that happening. As we go to the final playoff game of the weekend and boy oh boy i know i know where our hearts are at in this one as the dallas cowboys (laughs) playing at home as a four and a half point favorite and that's wavered a little bit here too against the red hot green bay packers and i think as jason garrett even put it this week he's been red hot for 10 years etc etc um i i really want and and think and want to be yes of course green bay is going to get there dallas is a fraud it's it's whatever I don't like this matchup for the Packers. I hate it. I actually did. I it is it is very bad. Now, both uh, secondaries match up pretty well for them to throw the ball and, and air it out and do a lot of that stuff. I don't think Green Bay's defense matches up well at anything that Dallas throws at them offensively. So, I'm thinking semi shootout here, and I, I I think that again Aaron Rodgers just misses it by. By that line, I think four points is 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 right, and I think unfortunately Dallas is gonna go hang out with Atlanta for the national for the NFC Championship game, my friend. And I, I'm I'm taking Dallas in the points here. Ring the bell, John. <laughs> there it is. Finally, finally, we um, got our first one. I honestly want to agree with everything you just said. So this is a very regrettable ring the bell, but um. Because I, I, I kind of wanted to jinx Dallas, you know, that's that's my strategy here. I took the Giants last week, and that worked out pretty well. <laughs> Speaking of, come on, Odell Beckham. Clearly, you can't go on a boat. Like, come on, Giants. Like, why would you go on a boat? I it's mean, the boat. Like, you can't win after you go on a boat. But that's anyway, true. back to the Cowboys. Um, they're at home. I know, like, they don't have the greatest home field advantage always. You know, the Eagles typically do pretty well down there. But still, I don't know. They're at home. They've had the rest. I think... For as good as Rodgers is, and he's, that's why the game is going to be very close, you know, because he's, he's playing great right now. Uh, you look at how those uh, Green Bay defensive backs were getting beat badly early in that in that Giants game last week, and it was like, oh, man, this does not look good. You know, I think uh, it's going to be tougher for the Packers to kind of to key in on or to, to you know, the, what allowed Green Bay to kind of salvage that situation is they didn't have to worry about the Giants running game because the New York can never run the football. But, you know, obviously that's going to be a big, big difference when the, the Packers face Zeke and the, the Cowboys offensive line this week. So it's going to be a really tough matchup, I think, for the Packers. I think Des Bryant's probably going to have a lot of catches. Uh, maybe he won't <laughs> drop it this time. Maybe but, he won't. But, 
but we'll see. I think so. I'm gonna have to take the Cowboys. I think next week, so the championship game. I think that's when they lose against the okay. Falcons. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I like that. I like that. So, uh, yeah, I um, I I hope that I you know I really hope I'm wrong there. I really hope that Green Bay pulls off the upset and then continues that that hot streak that they're used to. Uh, all the way to there. So uh, with that, I think we'll we'll wrap things up here. And BLG, any random uh, final thoughts here, my friend? Two things. First, uh, you know, thank you, John, and thank you all of BGN Radio and everyone and on Twitter and everyone who's reached out. You know, I really appreciate it. I appreciate the support. Uh, thank you for thinking of me. Uh, number two, thank you, Sam Hinkie, for drafting Joel Embiid and Good signing TJ McConnell because, man, the Sixers <laughs> are so fun to watch right now. That game was awesome. Uh, I don't think you got to see it live, John. Did you? No, I still. I um, I'm about to rewatch it because oh, uh, I I didn't. Uh, I was out and about with. Uh, it was date night, so we went to, oh. to see La La Land, and so it was you didn't fantastic. Watch the Sixers on date night. I mean, come on. I, I know it Classic should be it, it should be the date night, but I'm going to rewatch it. I've seen the highlights. It was uh, phenomenal, and I like the fact that Sam Hinkie liked the highlights <laughs> yes. on, on, on the Sixers' Twitter. It was very and important to see. if you're listening to this, go out and vote right now for Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid, hashtag NBA vote, do it. Absolutely. Um, I will all say once again uh, two things. Uh, hashtag hire BLG once more to- one more time. We need to bring that back out. <laughs> uh, and secondly, uh, shameless self-promotion, I will be on Breakfast on Broad Hey, on now. Monday morning, on the sixteenth, I believe at eight o'clock. So nice. I, I'm not sure, I'm not sure what we're going to be talking about, but I I cannot follow up, uh, young Jake. So it I'll be I'm, uh, there's the pressure is on here as he uh, he killed it on Wednesday. But uh, with that being said, I want to thank you guys, of course, for listening each and every week, and a, a big thank you to our sponsor, Clip It. It is it is indeed the hottest app that is out there. Uh, you, you know, Vine is dead, it is dying, and if you want to see, that's how I was able to see a lot of those highlights, to be honest with you. I, as soon as the movie was over, I went right to clip it. I went back and I started watching all the clips there because CSN Philly, for all you Flyers and Sixers fans are there, that the, the season is continuing there. You can watch it all. You can make clips, 30-second high-quality HD clips every single time from the palm of your hand. It's live television right there you can share them on the twitter.com facebook and of course if you're a blogger uh really enhances all your blogging posts as well that's going to do it for episode number 218 of bgn radio right here on bleedinggreennation.com and bgnradio.com bgn radio